Welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Forever Blue Shirts radio podcast powered by foreverblueshirts.com. I'm Russell Hartman. Joining me this week, as always, Mr. John Luke Shapiro. Jail, how are you doing, my friend? I am good. I am alive. And I am well. That's, and that is that, the most that, important. That's basically it. Good. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's, that's the tweet. The podcast. Wrap it up. That's Kevin, the podcast. how are you doing this week, Kevin? I'm doing, I'm doing great because now it is official. It is official. 24 teams will make the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yes, 24 teams will indeed take part in the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs, which are set to begin in July. Today is going to be all about the playoffs, the play-in series, and the revamped draft lottery just for this season. We got a lot to get to. Let us get going here. Wait First a minute. Off, Before we start, did we yes. mention that we were powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com? Oh, I must have forgotten. Kevin. I, be- I believe we Russell did say we were powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. I think we'd have to mention Just, it one more time because I don't think right, – well, uh, One don't more think... time on three. One more time on three. I, I don't one, think this is going to work. One, two, but... three. Powered, powered by, by ForeverBlueShirts.com. Oh, Russell, and that slow. leg you heard was because we're not together and practicing <laughs> safe social distancing. Like you all should be. But yes. Hopefully we'll end soon. Anyway, Don't you go outside. Stay inside. Before we get to the playoffs and all of the fun stuff that the Rangers are now involved in, <laughs> let's discuss what the draft lottery is going to look like this season. So normally how the draft lottery works is before the playoffs, um, all the non-playoff teams we put inside the giant lottery ball machine with their odds, and out would spit, you know, whoever would get the top three, whoever moves up, and so on and so on. This year, because of how the playoffs are set up, the draft lottery is set up in a different way. There will be two phases of the draft lottery this year. The pre-qualifying round phase before the playoffs start, and the post-qualifying round phase after the play-in round of 24. 15 clubs will be eligible to win the first three overall selections. That includes the seven clubs that will not resume play. Uh, San Jose Sharks would normally be included in that, but since they traded their pick to Ottawa, Ottawa has two of the top seven (laughs) picks in this draft now, which is ridiculous. And props to Pierre Dorian for, you know, pulling that trade off, which now looks like a coup. Uh, And the eight clubs that are eliminated in the qualifying round will also be in the draft lottery. So, Right now, those eight those eight fringe teams that that were at, uh, not eight. I'm sorry, right? Eight, eight. Yes. Yeah, eight. It's yes. Eight. So my math is correct. Those eight teams that are fringe spots that are getting into the playing round will also be included in the lottery. Okay. So phase one of the draft lottery will be on June 26th. Uh, the first draw will determine the first overall pick. Second draw will determine the second overall pick, and the third draw will determine the third overall pick. If a draw is won by a non-resuming club, it receives that pick. For example, if the New Jersey Devils or the Anaheim Ducks win the draft lottery, they will get the pick. No ifs, ands, or buts. If, uh, and no phase two will happen if all draws are won by non-resuming clubs. Meaning, if any of the, if 
The top three picks go to the, any of those seven clubs that are on the outside currently looking in. There will be no phase two. The draft lottery will be wrapped up, and we will move on into the next thing. If a qualifying team wins the draft lottery, so someone like the Rangers, someone like the Carolina Hurricanes, any of those teams, phase two will be held after the playing round. Uh, so after we see which teams make the final 16, um, any phase one draw, not won by a non-resuming club. So once again, if the Rangers or Chicago or Montreal, any of those fringe teams win, there will be another drawing uh, conducted with clubs eliminated in the qualifying round. So if somehow the Rangers end up with the first overall pick, but they beat the Carolina Hurricanes, then there will be another drawing to determine who gets that pick. So, very involved, kind of crazy scenario, but this is what the NHLPA and the NHL figured would be the most fair. Now, I know that's a lot of kind of crazy scenarios going on there. But simply put, if a non-playoff team wins in Phase 1, great. If a fringe team wins in Phase 1, it'll have to be uh, changed after the qualifying round. Uh, Jail. What do you think of this new kind of draft lottery system for this year? And do you think this was the most fair way to do this? Because if a fringe team wins a high pick, couldn't you just see them kind of, hey, maybe we shouldn't win our round? It's <laughs> the problem that I see. I, I, I like it because there's really no other way to do it considering the format that we're going to speak on not too long after that. It's fair in the sense of everyone can kind of get a shot and you know more than likely the 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 seven teams that are going to you know that didn't make it they're gonna they're gonna get the the seven picks like it's almost sure that that's gonna happen so i like it i i really have i'm really have nothing against it i like that they're different i like that they're taking a risk trying something new you know they could have easily just you know waited till the end and just gone with standings but that would have been drawn out it would have taken forever but i think like what gary bettman said earlier today is that they're trying to make sure that the following season has a full schedule so they want to it, it, it's sort of like they want to expedite everything to the point where they go okay, well, let's try it this way and see what happens. And it seems like the NHLPA and the owners seem to be receptive to different things, unlike Major League Baseball. Um, so I, I like it. I really do. I think this is interesting, and, and, and it definitely brings a different look on how you could possibly go about things. I know Kevin's itching to try and add his input on it. Itching more like, I guess, slightly nudging. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, I agree. I think time is just a huge factor in this whole entire thing. It's just I it's just like why would these teams just wait? It makes it would make more sense to me once the qualifying round is over, then you can do it because all those teams it doesn't matter who's left because mm -hmm. it's like you'll have your set teams that are you know the whatever it ends up being fifteen teams left. Yeah, it's fifteen. So it'll just act like a normal lottery usually would and the likelihood of a team that's past the top 10 getting a t number one pick is very low it's happened it's happened before but it's not likely so i don't see why they don't wait that extra you know week and a half which is most likely going to be but i do agree just to get like some sort of like excitement to get some sort of like i don't know just a little life 
see like, oh yeah, so if the Rangers win the lottery and if they lose in the first qualifying round, then they get this pick. They it's get great this pick, yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. like I understand it's like, oh, everything's exciting, but I don't think the teams or especially the players can be like, I don't care about the pick. I want to win. I want right. to win the playoffs. Right. I have this I'm, opportunity, I'm... and especially for the Rangers. And I think because... that factors into it too. Truth be told. Oh yeah, of course, because especially for the Rangers, they had. They were having a promising end of the season. They were having a good run. A lot of teams were. Like, even if it's the Hurricanes or the Maple Leafs or the Islanders or any of these fringe teams that are right on the edge, I think if there was maybe, if this shutdown happened two or three weeks later, we would see a completely different system right now. They would have probably just went with. Well, if the shutdown happened two weeks later, the season would have been over. (laughs) It would have been easier to. It would have been easier to judge the standings. Yeah. It was more of like a month, but yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, but you're right. It would have been easy. Like more teams would have been eliminated. More teams would have clinched their playoffs. But and maybe a wild card would have been solidified. Maybe, but the fact that there were so many teams that could have made it in their conference or division, I think this is a good way to kind of be like, okay, there's a little bit of incentive to win. There's some incentive not to win, and uh, we'll just see how it works out. Well, it's, not like any, it's not like anybody has home ice advantage. No, yeah. Someone, no, 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 someone on Twitter came up with something interesting for it. Like, say, for instance, uh, a, a team that is in the playing round, like the Rangers or Chicago, does win the number one overall pick. They can elect to keep it, and the next team on the ladder down would take their place in the qualifying round if they wished. And I think that is an interesting scenario. I don't know if they would look at that more. But, I mean, if you're management, I feel like that is a very interesting choice to have, um, especially for these fringe teams. If you don't feel your club will be able to make it through, at that point, close to five rounds of playoff hockey, it's an interesting scenario. Do you just take the pick and run? Uh, it all it all depends on what the team I, in question is attempting to well, do. So it's basically just everyone. everyone has a shot. Basically, it, yeah. it's like it's not as guaranteed as it was like last season or the season prior. I mean, you know, that's what a global pandemic does. It kind of throws things off balance, you know, it throws off the balance of the force, you know. So but I mean, it's 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 interesting. Like I, I it took me a bit to kind of wrap my head around it to try and figure out what exactly was happening, you know. But once once you take a look at it and you read into it, you realize that this is actually very interesting, very uh, it's incredibly different, but it's it's something there nonetheless. Kevin, any final thoughts on the lottery before we talk about the playoffs? I I think it was as fair as it possibly could be. Yeah. The fact that only two teams disagree with the playoff format and the ladder and all that just shows how fair. It's like okay, these are the circumstances. This is what we're gonna end up with. The end. So I think mm-hmm. it was the best that they could do in the situation. And personally, all I would say is if they could have waited until after the qualifying round just to do the lottery, it's not right. like the it's not like the draft would have been during the playoffs. Exactly. And yeah. the draft is shooting so at if, this point if to be late September. If the draft was during the playoffs, I can understand the lottery being a little earlier, giving teams time to like, oh, let's make some calls. Let's see if we can get some trades done, yada, yada, yada. But I, I don't think that's the case. I think it's just like let's get things done as as efficiently as possible and the lottery being first as it usually is before the playoffs makes the most sense as some sort of normalcy and and one more one more thing to touch on that too another reason why these things are being implemented is because next season i think more than likely is when seattle begins to 
formulate itself into a professional mm-hmm. team. So you can, want to, can you, you we want... get a name? I'm sorry, <laughs> Kevin. You keep saying, <laughs> you keep saying that, Kevin. Global pandemic. They said they were going to reveal the name well, probably okay. during the first round of the trying to wish it into existence. Give me the Seattle Kraken or give me death. They will reveal the name, but I feel like the NHL wants to deal with all of this first before we get more news. Let them get done in February when they said they were going to do it, but okay. Whatever. They just, they have no name. They're the just Seattle Kraken will be revealed soon enough. Don't no, worry. No, it's going to end up being like the Seattle like Golden Seals. Or something. I know, because they're not as fun. The NHL is like The Seattle Metropolitans. I, w- I will take that. I like no. that a lot better. No. Yes. I, I, I would, I, I just think. Whatever they do, they have a chance to really have a unique name here and go with something really against the green, and that's why I love Kraken, because I could picture such cool jerseys coming out of that. But, anyway. There's an interesting name of it on Twitter, but I'm not going to say it, because it has a swear word, and we can't swear here. Is there an F in it? No, it's a B word. Return to play. A B? Yeah. The thing that we have all been waiting to hear for for months now, how we are getting back to the action. Hold on, time out. We can't just say, like, F and C and A, H and all that other stuff. What did we say? He he thinks we can't say Oh. I mean, I don't know if we can. I don't know what the rules are. No, No, he he just said no F-bombs and, like, that's it. All right, I'll allow it. Thank you. (laughs) 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 that's good inside jokes for the listeners have no idea what i'm doing right now (laughs) because it's a great name it is a great name anyways it is is. sorry yeah it's okay it's okay i digress and now the, the moment we've all been waiting for is when gary bettman announced the return to play plan uh, at 4.30 today, and it was a lot, but it was something we've been waiting a long time to hear, and here we go. This is how the NHL will come back and when the NHL will be back. So to start things off, Bettman said that health and safety are their paramount priority. They want to make sure their players are okay. They want to make sure their players will be tested, and they want to make sure that no matter what they do, safety is the top concern, and I'm very thankful for that. I'm sure everybody is. Uh, Bettman said that fans and players wanting to resume the season and give it its proper conclusion were the driving force behind these talks and the driving force behind having the season conclude and not canceling it. They're using guidance from civil and medical authorities and the NHL and the NHLPA are participating and are there. They're in their partnership and cooperation as strong as they can right now to make sure that everything runs as smoothly as they can. So now let's move on to the fun stuff. 24 clubs will resume play. The top 12 in each conference by points percentage as of March 12th. The Rangers are in as they are the 11th seed now in their conference. Talk about squeaking it out. Squeaking it out for sure, but they are in. The 2019-20 regular season is now complete. So in terms of regular season awards, this is what the writers and everyone else will have to work with on their ballots. Or Temi Panarin should win the Hart Trophy. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I mean, he technically made the playoffs. I mean, so yeah, so did. that's a notch the in his belt. arguments there. There's no playoff argument here. Each conference will be assigned a hub city with a secure hotel complex, arena complex, practice facilities, and in-market transportation. The east will be assigned to one city. The west will be assigned to another where all all of the clubs will meet. All of the clubs will live and breathe and eat for those playoff weeks. Ah, breathing's important. (laughs) I sure do like breathing. (laughs) Phase two will begin in early June. 
when clubs return to home facilities for voluntary, small group, and on- and off-ice training. Phase 3 will then begin no earlier than July 1st, which will include a formal training camp. Um, so clubs can get back up to speed. And Phase 4, which will ultimately, people are thinking, will begin at the end of July, will be when all of the clubs head to their two hub cities and the qualifying rounds will begin in late July. Did they limit it to two? I was hearing two. that. Yes, they, they, had they seven, now limited it to two hub cities. So they're looking no, at they're, what, seven Western Conference cities and two Eastern Conference cities? That's correct. What I read. These, are the, these are the cities that are currently being under consideration for the hub cities Chicago, Illinois, Columbus, Ohio, Dallas, Texas, Edmonton, Alberta, Las Vegas, Nevada, Los Angeles, California, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Toronto, Ontario, and Vancouver, British Columbia are all of the cities being considered to host their respective conferences' playoff sections. In each conference, the, uh, they will be seeded by points percentage. There will be a round-robin of the top four teams play for first-round seeding. And then there's the qualifying round where the eight remaining teams play a best-of-five to advance to the first round, which will technically be the second round. So, as of now... To get into the top 16, you need to win a best of five, so you need to win three games. If the Stanley Cup champion happens to come out of the qualifying round, that team will have won five series and 19 games. Wow. Pretty unprecedented stuff. Yes, it is. The first and second round are still being debated whether or not they will be a best of five or best of seven, but Bettman has said the conference finals and the Stanley Cup final will be best of seven, no doubt about that. They are just figuring out whether they want the first and second round to be best of five or best of seven. And with that, the matchups for round one in the East are the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Montreal Canadiens, the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Rangers, the New York Islanders and the Florida Panthers, and the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Columbus Blue Jackets. The round robin in the East will be Boston, Tampa Bay, Washington, and Philly all competing for seeding. In the West, we have the Edmonton Oilers and the Chicago Blackhawks, the Nashville Predators and the Arizona Coyotes, the Vancouver Canucks and the Minnesota Wild, and the Calgary Flames and the Winnipeg Jets with the St. Louis Blues, Colorado Avalanche, Vegas Golden Knights, and Dallas Stars in the round-robin tournament for seeding. So, quite a bit going on there. Lots to talk about in terms of the playoffs. Now, I think this was the right decision in terms of points percentage. You wanted teams that you know, were close to getting also because I personally don't think it would have been fair to cut teams like the Rangers, Chicago, and Montreal off when they were so close to making it. Now, the argument could be said, yeah, other teams had games in hand, but in terms of point percentage, these teams were very close. And, you know, it's unprecedented to have 24 teams involved in the playoffs, but it's something we had to do when we live in unprecedented times. Kevin, we'll start off with you on this one. That was nice, Lots by to the take way. in here. Well said. Oh. Goodness. Oh, yeah, Russell the was... poet Hartman <laughs> over here. Okay. Yeah, here we go. Thank you, thank oh, you, man. You. He's bringing yeah, his yeah. A game. I like it. Yeah, Russell's throwing it out here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, we have round robin for the top four seeds, mm -hmm. and the bottom eight will have to play in their best of five qualifiers. Kevin, was this the best case and the best return to action we could have had? And how do you think this will all shake out? Do you believe this will go smoothly? 
you know, I was a little skeptical at first when it just came to, like, when this kind of broke last week before Bettman made this huge announcement today. It was like, oh, yeah, it'll be just these qualifying games and then the bye week and then everybody's complaining, oh, well, these teams won't be fresh, like the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Boston Bruins, yada, yada, yada. It's like, but this round robin adding that into the mix kind of gives a little bit of, like, a competitive edge. It's like it simulates playoffs because, you know, if I'm the Tampa Bay Lightning, I'm going to want to play the worst team. And obviously they voted against it, so they're going to definitely want to have a little more. Oh, Kevin, remind us quick. Kevin, can you remind us quick who the other team to vote no was? Oh, oh, I think it was the Carolina Hurricanes. I don't know why. It's like they lost four times to the Rangers and they were like, oh, God. Oh, I mean, we it's can't like our time with Panarin and Mika Zibanejad lit them up during the <laughs> regular like season, Fox right? Yeah. How many goals against them? Oh, and, you huh. know, they just Mika made one of the worst town. trades in the offseason ever. Uh, you know, anyway, if I were, I'm sorry to if cut I were the Carolina Hurricanes, I'd be a little afraid. But, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't underestimate them. You never know. They've got yeah, the storm can't. surge. Um, Don't so, forget they have a number one defenseman, Brady Shea, now, too. Oh, Brady Skajay? <laughs> oh, great. I can't, I can't, I can't stop that, you know. When he was on the Rangers, he was just a powerhouse of defenseman. Yeah. He didn't let anybody okay. go by. I think we're hitting a territory <laughs> we don't want to get into now, but okay. I'll get into whatever territory. He's not a Ranger anymore. Um, <laughs> Brady Shea sucks. Uh, oh. <laughs> no, no, I, I love Brady. He's, he's such a good player. People give him hate for no reason. But going back to this, I think this was the best case scenario. And kind of to throw it in a little bit, I think the first round after the qualifying should still be a best of five. Kind of like Ooh, a baseball kind of division series, because I think of it this way: you're going to be playing a lot of hockey. Yeah. Whether you're doing the round robin, which is three games automatically at the at the max. I don't know. I guess it's at the max, or is it the minimum? Whatever it's it is, it's typically three games. Three games. So three I would games. You win three, you win basically. You win three, you get the top. Whatever. So however however many games that is, minimum three games for the qualifying. Like Russell said, it could potentially be 19 wins if someone from the qualifying round makes is, it and wins the Stanley Cup final, which is unprecedented. So I think five games in the first round would be good, and then transitioning to seven. I think it should be, if you start with the qualifying round, five, five, seven, seven, seven. Fair and enough. I think that's I, that seems fair. And again, like I said before, no home ice advantage, which is... Nice. No one could come to the game, even if it is in Toronto or if it's in Vancouver or Chicago or yeah, whatever. But personally, I think Vancouver should take it out for one of them. I don't know. Why you want a I bunch of seen... you want a bunch of late East Coast uh, West Coast games, Kevin? Of course I do for the West. <laughs> you want more riot? You want more riots in the street if they? Leave? I would love riots in the street. <laughs> I don't want it in Pittsburgh though. <clears throat> oh no! Just the smell alone will get these guys to throw up. Right. Um, wait, we're not talking about New Jersey here. I'm kidding. Uh-oh. No, I'm talking about Pittsburgh. <laughs> wait, wait. Steel you, mean we're not ta- you mean the team that won the offseason oh, isn't in the playoffs? Yeah, they're not in the playoffs. Oh, good God. Wow. Oh, my God. I'd say Gusev is a better signing. I mean, than- that's what I was told. I was told Nikita Gusev was just Panarin, but cheaper. I was told P.K. Subban was better than Jacob Truba. Wait, wait. Is, is uh, You know Mackenzie Blackwood better than Igor? Oh That's what gosh. I was told. I was told I, that yeah, they were told champions. The I forgot that you know you're gonna be in the lottery for the what third straight year? All star defenseman Will Butcher coming to take the reins. <laughs> yeah, well, have fun. Don't worry, they got Nico here. It's fine. Jail. Yes, this is an unprecedented playoff format, and obviously not everyone is going to agree. 
with the scenario. Some teams feel as if these some teams these fringe teams shouldn't have been in, and teams obviously like the Hurricanes and Tampa Bay Lightning are not are not fans of this format because they think some teams are kind of getting a free ride and that they'll have a tune up before the next round and so on and so on. Do you think this was the best thing that Bettman and the NHL could have done? And do you think that um, this will similar to what I asked Kevin? Do you think that this is going to go off, you know, smoothly? One hundred percent. I've been on this idea since it was first leaked not too long ago. I think it's fair in the sense of you don't want to leave anyone out and you want everyone to play for their spot. That's basically what the stretch run at the end of the season is, is everyone plays for their spot. You know, the Rangers storm surged their way, no pun intended. They surged their way up to that spot that they were at right before the right before the uh, lockdown ensued so how fair is it to a team like the rangers where it's like wow we played our hearts out and if the regular season had kept going they may have actually gotten a legitimate playoff spot or a wild card spot who's to say that wasn't going to happen so ultimately at the end of the day it's good because it gives everybody a fair shot to come in and say all right we're gonna prove a point let's rock and let's see what happens. You know, it's it's grand, but it's the good kind of grand. If it's it's big, but you want that, it brings excitement. You know, you know, playoff hockey is is arguably one of the best pieces of sport you can possibly watch. Absolutely. So just imagine twenty four teams trying to play their best to win this cup. Think about it. You're gonna get some pretty good hockey within the end of the summer. It's gonna be really rad. <laughs> really, oh God, really, really rad. I mean, he's right. It is going to be rad. And, you know, if the Rangers beat the Hurricanes, just know there's a possible meeting with the Capitals again in oh, the I'm, next round. I like, hey, to, I like to point something out to the listeners if not already aware of this situation. So the Rangers, when they traded Brady Shea, got a conditional pick. No matter what, it's a first-round pick. It's either Carolina's or Toronto's, whichever is the lower and if Toronto and Carolina are both knocked out, there's a good chance that the Rangers will get the Rangers a top are gonna get a lottery pick. pick. That is no matter what. Insane. So now, when you look at it, the New York Rangers cannot lose any way in this scenario. As either you lose in the first round, lottery playoff, pick. Yeah, or or your young kids just get more playoff experience. Now, as put by by uh, by a, a piece that I helped write today. It's a win, win, win. It's it's like yeah, powered by foreverblueshirts.com. It's a you got to power that foreverblueshirts.com. It it reminds me of that episode of The Office when Michael tries conflict resolution, and he takes Angela, Phyllis, and Oscar into the into the conference room, and he does the win, win, win. That's the Rangers right now. Win, win, win. No matter what, no matter what, had to throw that office reference. Of course, and, I had to uh, throw one office, office reference and one Mets reference it. per okay. podcast. As per JL's contract with ForeverBlueShirts.com, powered by He's Forever allowed Blue to make as many office references as he would like to. Kevin, leave him alone. Thank you, guys. It's not it, okay. Sure. <laughs> so, fellas, you got me. The betting odds have the Carolina Hurricanes as the favorite in the series, but if you are on the Twitterverse, like we all are, it seems that there is a much different notion among the NHL's fan bases, with many claiming that the Rangers are the ones who should be more confident here, and that the Canes, especially because they voted no, uh, are not too happy and a little bit scared, possibly, of the New York Rangers. Now, why would the higher-seeded team be scared? Mainly because the Rangers whoop their ass four times in the regular season. Uh-oh, you said a bad word. I'll allow it. <laughs> 
And Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad lit them up during the regular season. Now, yes, the Hurricanes will be getting Dougie Hamilton back. Yes, uh, the Hurricanes are going to yeah, be more healthy. But Kapokako will be rested. Okay? Chris and Kreider will be healthy. Chris Kreider will be healthy, and he is going to be back in the lineup. Brendan Lemieux is still suspended, but that will pass, I believe, over the course of the series. So, Does that actually play a part? We'll have to figure that out. Yeah, I think so. That's actually a very um, good question. Is would I, I he believe, actually be suspended in the playoffs? Yeah, I, I mean his suspension will carry for the next few games until it ends. I, I forget how long he's suspended for. At I don't the moment. think it was that long. I think he had like a uh, wait. Just just refresh my memory and the listeners. Do you know when did he get suspended? Was it actually the last game they played, or was it before that? No, it was before oh, that. I don't. It was so. That, it's, yeah. I I don't think it's that many games then. I no, think he'll I probably think so. be suspended one or two more games. So. Regardless, the Rangers will have a much healthier lineup uh, once uh, we get into the qualifying round, especially if it starts in July, which it's planned for right now, with Chris Kreider having more time to stay healthy and Kapokok getting more time to rest and practice. Um, I had someone ask us on Twitter the other day, uh, why, why, does this, why is this better for Kako? What does this mean? Because he's practicing? People forget, Kapokako basically didn't stop for two seasons. It goes right from Turku and TBS to go right to the World Championships, dominate the World Championship stage, get drafted by the Rangers, come to rookie camp, back to Finland, back to New York, go to training camp, and then play your first NHL season all in two years. If this helped anything, and there's any silver lining to do with any of this, is that Kapokako is now rested, and Chris Kreider has the time to heal from his injury. So, you know, just a question for you guys, and I have a player in mind, just, you know, in the back of my head, but I'd like to hear your guys's kind of idea on this first who would be kind of like one of the unsung playoff leaders so to speak and i mean obviously you could say artemi panarin or mika zibanejad but one of the guys that you don't really expect who would be a leader in the clubhouse when the playoffs come some you know maybe they might not have a lot of experience but enough are you talking um, the rangers exactly i'm talking or? the rangers exactly jail uh i have mine but if you would like to take no, it first ahead. Um, I think my unsung hero and someone who has been unfairly treated, I believe, by the Rangers faithful this season is my man Jacob Truba. Yep, that's and I exactly think, it. I think Jacob Truba is going to be a really nice presence to have on our blue line back there, especially where he is, quote-unquote, the elder statesman of that blue line now, and the man is only 25 years old. But the point being, sake. Jacob Truba <laughs> has, has been in the playoffs before. He's played with the uh, Winnipeg Jets in the playoffs. He was signed during the summer to be this team's workhorse. And yes, the points have not been there like they were last year when he was on the Winnipeg Jets, but that is not all you need to take into account when you are a top defenseman. The Rangers paid him to be a defenseman. They paid him to be a shutdown guy, and they paid him to eat minutes so the young guys would have time and space to learn the game. Adam Fox does not have the season he's having if Jacob Truba is not in New York, and neither does Tony D'Angelo. And that is exactly what Jacob Truba is their X factor and why he's going to be a guy that they're going to love to have on their blue line as the playoffs commence, because Jacob Truba is going to take those big minutes. He's going to eat those big minutes and give Adam Fox, Tony D'Angelo and the young guys on the decor time to thrive in this series against the hurricanes. That's exactly it. That's exactly what I was going to say pretty much to a T Russell. He took my ideas and stole it from my skull. And I'll just like to add that Jacob Truba will just be the guy to just lead by example and that's it 
He's going to go on the ice, play it like a normal game, get all the nerves out the first two minutes of the game, and that's it. Yeah. You have a lot of young guys. He's been playing with these guys all season. He's going exactly, to know exactly what to do and what to say. And, you know, Brady Shea or not, his best friend's gone. He's going to be like, that's it. It's my team now. Well, if you're and making the money say, he's making. Oh, yeah. I mean, as I, they it's, say, oh, it's my team, my city. Defense wins championships. And you need a strong leader for your decor, and Jacob Truba is that guy. Maybe one day it will be Adam Fox, but it's not. You can't really have a rookie be that leader. I mean, like you can. We've seen it before. It's Gabriel Landis, Gabriel Landskog, but you know, he's gonna be that guy. He's gonna absolutely. He, I'm just so excited to see Jacob Truba work and have everybody like, oh yeah, Jacob Truba's been the best defenseman for us this whole time. Da, 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 da. No, just save yourself the embarrassment and you know me finding those freezing cold <laughs> takes from three months ago upset you saying how much you hate Jacob Truba. Jail. Who do you think is your unsung hero for the New York Rangers in this playoffs? He's not very popular amongst fans, but to, uh, <laughs> but to uh, but to us fans who understand that there's more that there's more to a player than just what his beliefs are, Anthony D'Angelo, mm. Tony, Tony, D, Tony, D. D. Tony D himself, Tony D has arguably been the the team's second best defenseman. Offensively and defensively, he is a possession monster. And that is one of the big reasons why they decided to give him a contract for this season instead of trading him away. He took that money and he said, give me more money because he just decided to play well. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder. He's rough. He's rugged, but he's sleek. He'll come in, and I think a lot of the players respect him. He's a good guy in the clubhouse. Regardless of whatever you think he votes for or believes in or whatever, he's shown that he is a good dude who cares for his teammates, who likes the fans, and, you know, he plays his heart out. And I think, you know, you look at the, 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 like the little bromance between Strom and Lemieux, and then, you know, everyone in the clubhouse seems to just respect him. You look at those videos the Rangers were releasing throughout the season where Tony was just going around with the microphone. No one seemed weird around him. They just thought of him as one of the guys. You know, hockey clubhouses have a very tight-knit companionship. And a guy like Tony who can probably bring some levity when things are tough. Oh, please, that plays so much more than, you know, most people think. So I think it's Tony D'Angelo. I, I, I think he... If he stays here long enough and he really fits in, I could see him with an A, just like Truba. He has the prove it time now. Mm-hmm. This is it. Yeah, this is like, it. If he didn't prove it during the season, he was one of the best offensive defensemen in the NHL this season. And now it's really time for him to show it. And be like, this is it. This is what I got. Pay me mm-hmm. or else. And whether he's a Ranger come the next season or not, he's been unbelievable. He's going to give it his all during the playoffs. I'm going to love it. I know you're going to love it. He's going to score some crazy We're going to like it. He's gonna we're going to love it. And we're going to want some more of it. You okay, we're not sure the Predators. Copyright, Russell. Copyright. <laughs> so, like it. it seems um, we're all fairly confident that, about, about how the New York Rangers are going to do. So, now, my next question is going to be an obvious one. Who wins our first round series? How many games... And who is our MVP of our qualifying round? Oh, man. <laughs> Since I started this one, I will go last. JL, you were last on our last question. You start here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Rangers in four. Panarin. 
I will so. say Rangers in four, Mika Zibanejad. Ah. Uh, I say Rangers in five. I think it's going to go the distance. And I agree with Kevin. I think Mika Zibanejad is going to take Future that. captain, That's Mika fair. Zibanejad. I mean, he was just on a tear. It's crazy if you think about it. Panarin was killing it all season. and then Zibane- Carolina does have good defense once Doogie <laughs> Hamilton comes here back. That's true. Uh-huh. I, I like Dookie Hamilton comes back. We're we're my, obviously we're talking crap here about the Hurricanes, but the Hurricanes <laughs> yeah. defense core is very good. It's very their goaltending is a little suspect, and up that's front it. they don't that's, have as that's it right there. But, but up the front they don't have as many weapons as we have either. More than Panarin. Yes, just they because have the defense is going to be focused on Panarin the entire time, and Zabanjad's going to be open, and then he's just going to score. At well, one. that's so, good then. And you also have to factor in the Rangers have you know lower. I don't want to say lower tier guys, but you know the Rangers' depth hasn't been so bad this season. So uh, Russell made a good point. Greg McKeg. Um, yeah, former McKeg. former Carolina Hurricane. Former, by the way, yeah, I was about to say former um, Hurricane. Russell made a good point when analyzing Kako in one of our past broad podcasts, and everybody saw it. That Dallas game that he played in where he scored two, he just looked unreal. And then he actually looked really good in the Colorado game before the lockdown. And even in the game where Zibanejad scored five, he was looking fantastic. And and I, I, I think this might be the time the beast gets unleashed. I, I think so. It, I mean, I may be totally off base and wrong, and he doesn't sniff the point section. But um, if you look at Carolina... I'm trying to think of their team out like off the top of my head. I'm trying to think of their team forward wise outside of um, Aho and Svechnikov, um, and I'm a Teravainen. Is he still there? Yeah, Uh, Teravainen. Yeah. I mean Jordan Stahl. Okay, those guys are good. But then you look at the Rangers and you look at some of their forwards, and you've got you know Strom's having a good season with Panarin. Obviously Panarin, Zibanejad, Buchnevich is having a bit of a renaissance, and I think they're younger, and I think they're better. I mean, maybe not better than Aho or Svechnikov, but if you put like Zabanajad and Panarin against those two, I'll take my chances with Panarin and Zabanajad with the Rangers' depth. And also, you have to look at you know Chris Kreider's coming back. He's gonna he's gonna have that itch to play. Julian Gauthier was Ooh, phenomenal. I mean, he was starting to find his legs, and he, and remember, yeah. he was he came over from the Hurricanes as the well Hurricanes. in the Joey Keane trade. So. Yeah. Jo- there's a lot of these kind of – it's very interesting these two teams got matched because we sent Brady Shea there. Julian Gauthier gets sent here. Greg McKegg is now here when he was there last year. So there's a lot of these interesting you're player you're movement storylines as well. You're forgetting somebody. Russell. Am I from the Hurricanes? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Should be – From the offseason – Oh, Adam Fox. Thank yeah. You. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Adam Fox. Well, like, you know how what, did you guys forget? You know what the confusion is? He never actually played he a never game suited for them. Up. That's yeah. the no, thing. No, but, I mean, it also just hurts so much. I would like to point out, though, when Adam Fox and the Rangers played in Raleigh this season, Adam Fox was getting relentlessly booed down there. So I would love nothing more <laughs> than to have Adam Fox completely go off this series and destroy them, which would be That's amazing. Be so I, like, but, I like to point this out, and... As uncertain as the rest of the playoffs might be, I feel very confident as a fan going into this first series with the Hurricanes. I could see why they wouldn't be, even though they were going to apparently decide to vote no before they revealed who was playing who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But whoever the Rangers get in the second round, I mean, they're not going to make it easy on them. Absolutely. 
I, I, I'm just giving my honest opinion here. I don't see them going very far in the playoffs. Doesn't matter. I'll take. If it. I'm being realistic, I'll take whatever. Hopefully they do. You never know. We've seen the the Kings steamroll everybody, including us. Um, <laughs> Yo, thanks for the reminder. You're welcome. Kevin. I will all, always. Um, but it's possible. No? This is unpre- like Russell said, unprecedented times. You never know. This team might win 19 Look, games. But see, that's the beauty 19 of hockey, games, though. Whatever it might be. That's the beauty As of they hockey. Say, you, you just need to get in. You just yes. need to get in. And it's a whole new That's it. Thank and you. And you know what? And you know That's what? A you, know what ex- you know what example I'll use too? And this breaks my heart. It's another Mets reference. I'll use the 2006 St. Louis Cardinals. They okay. won 88 yeah. games or 86 games. One of the two. They were a wild card French. team. French and they team. beat the best team in the National League that year. So. Anything can happen. That's why I'm excited because this team yeah. catches a hot streak. They are tough to play against. And right before, as everyone remembers, right before the pause of the season, the Rangers were the hottest team in the NHL. They were destroying people. They like that nice it was, it was unreal. Like the, the talent we were seeing, how everyone was coming up at the right time. But uh, another edge the Rangers do have against Carolina, and this has been debated amongst people on Twitter, of course, is who the starting goaltender oh is going gosh, to be. I actually forgot about that. <laughs> but <laughs> this has to be said here. This has to be said here, and this has to be said right now. Oh. Henrik Lundqvist, I love you to death. Everything you've done for this franchise, for your career, you are the best goaltender in New York Rangers history, in my opinion, even though Richter has the cup. It's still Hank because of the stats, because of how much he's had to carry for his entire career. Hank, we love you. But this team's starting goaltender, and who will be starting game one? As David Quinn said earlier in the season, the goal is to win games. And who is winning games at the highest rate of the three? Igor. The czar. Shestyorkin. Igor Shestyorkin will be the number one goaltender. Yeah. Fully healed, as Kevin has said, fully healed from his injury prior to the break. I don't see why this is even a debate with people at this point. Because Igor was literally one of the focal points of this team getting back into the playoff hunt. You cannot tell him that he doesn't have the number one job at this point. What was the what was the stat? I think he won like his first seven games. I think yeah, it he, it, I think he's I like ten and two in his career right yeah, now. Like, it's ridiculous. He's, I think he's yeah. won like the first like his first nine or something like that. I trying to remember. He, he off the made forty six saves on the Kings. One of the games he was doing, like he was just on fire. I would, and the fact I understand people are very emotional about Hank, and they people see Hank's record against Carolina and this and that and the other thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to those people, but it's no longer Hendrik Lundqvist crease. To and be the fair, I tossed him a bone one of those games. To be fair, I pr- okay, possibly yes. But if you, if as David Quinn said, the goal is to win, then your goaltender is Igor Shesterkin. Absolutely, hundred percent. We still well, kind of just kind of to jump off of what JL kind of slyly said. <laughs> we don't know what the format is going to be, game wise. Yeah. Because this is a weird situation and there are hub cities and it's going to be probably one arena, maybe. Like, we don't know what it's going to be. We don't know how many arenas they're really going to take. The Rangers might play back-to-back games. That's more than likely going to happen, probably. So, they might play Monday, Tuesday, and then play Thursday. So, David Quinn does have to make decisions, like, obviously playoff format you might just go with igor all three times or you might go igor and hank 
It's not like Hank is a pylon in the net. No, he's not. He actually can still play. So it is a best of five. Obviously, every game counts in the playoffs also. But I I, I agree. I, under the circumstances, I would throw Hank a bone. I hate to say it. Your give is just the odd man out and just should not touch the ice. He's good. He's just not as good as the other two. Exactly. And, and Hank would have an- another guy who's a chip on his shoulder. Just yeah, another guy to be like, I, I'm still I here. Really, I'm still relevant. I really feel like th- I don't see where this argument is coming from. After everything David Quinn has said and after what I- Igor proved to the team and to the organization in his games that he played. I don't I don't see any feasible scenario where David Quinn can say, okay, Henrik Lundqvist is the starter. Well, I, I, think, I, I think a lot of that comes from past experiences. You have to remember he, he was the guy. And not, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm against it because I, I want Igor to be the guy, you know. But you have to understand, um, you know, it, it's, it's like with players. Brian Boyle was probably one of the worst regular season players to my knowledge. But the second the playoffs started, he became a different animal. Brian Boyle right. was easily one of this team's best playoff performers in my mind you know for a bottom six forward so you know these playoffs they they change people you know they yeah. they they change performances so ultimately at the end of the day who knows henrik lundquist just might catch a second wind and just turn into vintage hank for one last time before he ultimately either retires or he sticks out his contract and it's just the backup Absolutely. But you just can't. And, and if that did happen, it. I'm sure I'm sure we'd all love it if that happened. Too. Oh, I'm I mean, like, we've basically been I, yelling I about it since Ovechkin won the cup. So <laughs> I want to make something very clear here. We don't hate Hank, as you just heard Jail give that speech about Hank, because no. a lot of a lot of this how this argument tends to go with people is, oh, you love Igor so much, you fuck, you hate Hank. No, man, we love Hank, but it's just Igor <laughs> has proven himself, and he has deserved every. He deserves this chance. He deserves this he opportunity. Does to see what he can do in the highest intense pressure situation in the NHL. Sounds and like I think I think he's more than earned it. So, um, move as as we continue along here. Obviously we are ranger centric and this is what we do, but just quick. We have a few series and I, I've been I, I love giving little predictions here and there. So, guys, we're going to go through the series real quick. You don't have to give me detailed explanations obviously, but let's just hear. Let's go around a little bit. And hear who we think are going to win these playing series. So, we'll start in the East, then we'll head out West. Pittsburgh and Montreal. I think Crosby and company will take care of business here. And I see this being wrapped up in four games. I think you just said no details. I, <laughs> I thought I it was just like a sentence. I said, I said a little Pittsburgh. details. That's it. But no details. Let's just run through okay, it. Okay, well, Kevin doesn't to want to give his details. Jail, you, you just you're said more no than welcome. Details. No, Am I crazy? Kevin, run through it. Run through your predictions, Kevin. No, no, I thought Russell was going to read them off. Yeah, we'll do one at a time. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Pittsburgh here. Yeah, definitely uh, Pitts. Pittsburgh. We're all feeling yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I, I think Crosby's too damn good. Yeah, I think that's just <laughs> it. I think Crosby and Malkin will will them past Montreal. Yeah. I really think that'll just be it. Uh, Florida and the Islanders. Oh, my God. What a weird series, right? Probably um, the Islanders. I, you know what? I hate to say it, but I really think it is going to be the Islanders also. As as much money as the Panthers paid for Bobrovsky, he doesn't seem to have it together this year. And I think that the Islanders will squeak it out. You want to... It always seem like two or three pieces short of a considerable yeah. contender. I think it's going to be the Panthers. You want to know why? Why? They can score. You know what the Islanders can't do? 
Score. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, the Islanders have had problems up front, and Alexander Barkov is one of the best centers oh, in the dude, entire league. I, so. If anything, that's a series that goes five, and yeah, I, yeah, I, think, I, think, I, think, so I too. think the Panthers might actually eke it out to our pleasure, of course. Which would be amazing. I would love that. Um, the last series in the East, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, look, if the Toronto Maple Leafs don't win here, you you really, really got to take a look at yourself if you're Kyle Dubas. <laughs> um, I, I mean, Columbus is just decimated I? by injuries. And yes, Columbus will be more healthy by the time the playoffs roll around. But I'm sorry. Austin Matthews, William Nylander, Mitch Marner, John Tavares. Toronto should win this series, and they should do it in four games or less. I kind of think the opposite. I think John Tortorella will will his team to a series of victory just because that's kind of that's the coach he is yeah you know he might be a little he might be you know not as fully weaponized as he was last season but i think he just still gets it done nick felino's a fantastic captain i just think i don't want to it's gonna be sound weird because this usually isn't a thing but the plethora like it's gluttonous to the yeah. point where <laughs> they, they, they just can't mesh they're not like I, I love the team is great on paper but it's just they never seem to have it together it's just they their always, defense like, toronto needs to learn to invest in their defense and their no, goals toronto needs to learn how to actually play defense play well <laughs> because they it's not, it's not that they're forwards they give up nine and it's not about just the defense itself it's just you have such strong offensive players it's just they Columbus should be take. Through- I feel like Columbus what you're saying is, is they, they should be doing better than they are. And I think yeah. that's fair. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. They, they are the key on-paper team that just never does well. Who are you giving it to, I, Columbus or Toronto? I, I have to give it to Columbus. I you never underestimated John Tortorella team. These guys... Ever. The, At these, least on the first round. These guys took down the President's Trophy winners last season and for well some, let's remember though they did they have an they're missing some pieces they're missing here's some pieces the thing, I said that. columbus has held their end of the bargain without these guys with without duchene without panarin and toronto just like the islanders are basically one-sided teams except they're on different sides of the spectrum what comes to my mind real quick is that uh that overtime winner that d'angelo had against the maple Leafs. that was a back and forth game because toronto can't play defense to save their lives but they could score to you know for, you know like crazy so in in playoffs it's a completely different story you know, you got to play, you know, good defense, and I just don't think Toronto is equipped for it. So I'm going Columbus. Columbus, is I, you know what? I, I would not be shocked. I would not be shocked if Columbus whipped them into shame. Of course. We now move to the West and Series One: the Edmonton Oilers and the Chicago Blackhawks. All right, I, I'm going to preface this by saying the Edmonton Oilers have two of probably the five best players in the entire world. Um, Chicago just isn't there yet. Their defense is not going to be up to par, and Connor McDavid has been chomping at the bit to get back to the playoffs. The Edmonton Oilers are going to wrap this one up in three games, and it's going to be a wow. beatdown, and it's going to wow. be brutal. It's going to be a beatdown, and it's going to be a brutal beatdown in Chicago. I, I also agree. I think Edmonton is going to put the beatdown on yeah. the Blackhawks, but I think the Blackhawks might give them a little run for their money. They might I, give it a little bit. Of, they might give it a little bit of hope. Edmonton's going to take the first game. Blackhawks are going to take the second game, and then Edmonton's going to be like, that's it, I'm not playing around. They went four. See, for me, it's See, just Patrick Kane, the, Jonathan Taze, the guys there. They're gonna be like, I think I still have my legs. They don't. They're not the same team. No, you know, then they're, they're not. They're not gonna get it. It's gonna team. be four. Edmonton's gonna, you know, 
be a Look, powerhouse. The best player in the world is going to embarrass them. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, I, I honestly think the Blackhawks have a little respect left. They can <laughs> win a game, maybe. I'm not saying it's going to five. Yeah. I think it's just going to go to four. JL, what do you think? Uh, four, Edmonton. They're gonna win. I just think the yeah. Blackhawks will. The Blackhawks will. The Blackhawks seem like the team they'll win the first game, give everybody hope, like Kevin said, and then Edmonton's just gonna railroad them. Yeah, I mean, look, Connor McDavid's wanting to get back here. He's finally back. He's not gonna lose in the first round. Look, he. It's it's just not gonna happen. Edmonton needed their defense to catch up to their offense, and Edmonton's defense has been a surprise all year. Playing well, playing cohesively. Edmonton's on the ascension. Finally, finally, after. All of their twenty million first overall. Russell's picks. seventh favorite team in the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, how can you not love watching Connor McDavid play? No, I love Connor McDavid. It's just I don't need a root for the Oilers. So next series, one that is kind of weird, but as JL and me were talking about before, it could actually be kind of fun. The Nashville Predators and the Arizona Coyotes. Now this is a weird, weird series. It's a very weird match. I. And you know, as much as I do enjoy the way the Predators play and their personnel, I think the Coyotes are going to take it in five games. I think that, and I think that Phil Kessel is going to wake up, and I think that um, Clayton Keller and Taylor Hall will finally start producing in this scenario because Arizona's back in the playoffs. They're going to be hyped. They haven't been here in quite some time. And they don't need to play at home, so it's yeah. great. Win-win. <laughs> and I just think they're going to be the looser team. They don't have this yeah. pressure on their shoulders that the Predators yeah. have seemingly had since they lost in the Stanley Cup final. I see I, Arizona in five. I agree with Arizona in five. I think Taylor Hall is going to realize this is it. This is my contract year. I need to I need to make a name for myself and get some good money. And mm-hmm. he's going to wake up, and he's going to look like MVP Taylor Hall and embarrass the Predators at gonna be a tough game predators are a tough team mm-hmm. it's gonna yeah i think it's gonna go to five games in the series with arizona squeaking it out yeah. maybe the last 10 minutes of the third period maybe the overtime winner but it's not it's not gonna be an easy series no, it's gonna be a very well fought series uh i will go with arizona for the sole purpose that nashville is not as good as they were if this was like last year or two years ago i would have said nashville but they've taken a hit on defense a lot of their guys are aging that that group of people is really starting to age, and uh, you know, unless something magical happens, I think Arizona with that you know scoring touch with Kessel, Keller, and Taylor Hall, I I, I think uh, I think Arizona takes it in in five. It's going to be a That's good series, be an interesting one. It is. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited one. for that series. The next series, uh, the Vancouver Canucks <laughs> and the Minnesota Wild. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, this is can we just skip this and one? Vancouver no, no, no. three. Because this is actually... Oh, no, no. That's what I would say, too. But there is an X factor here. I do think the Canucks are the much better better team here. Elias Pettersson, Brock Besser, Bo Horvat, Quinn Hughes. I mean, they're a very good young team on the rise, similar to the New York Rangers. But there is one X factor here. And that is... His name is Kirill Kaprizov. And if he has he has signed, apparently, or he is going to sign, I forget what the report was, with the Minnesota Wild. Now, if his contract counts for this season and he can join the Wild for the playoff hunt, which team we've seen that happen. Team Players come over from Europe and join their teams in the playoffs. If Kirill Kaprizov plays for the Minnesota Wild, he is essentially, for those that don't know, the best player in the world not playing in the NHL. He's has ridiculously insane stats in the KHL over the past few years. And if he joins the wild, he could make it a series more than if obviously they don't have him. It's a big but if though. It is a big if. A big but if. That's, that's as asking now, for a, a lot for one player on a team that's 
No, I don't I, mean, I, 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 and I understand. I understand that. I'm just saying that he would make it a lot more interesting if he was on Minnesota. But going off that he currently is not Vancouver in three. Elias Pettersson is going to go off on them. Simple as that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. I'm going to have to go with Vancouver. Um, I just don't think that team's really good defensively. I mean that 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 Minnesota is like a workman's kind of team where they were able yeah. to, you know, after the they, after, show team. yeah after after they fired uh, Bruce Boudreaux, I think they just needed a change in philosophy because that you know they have good players on their team. Obviously, they have Zuccarello who was crying about Henrik Lundqvist. Um, you know, Eric Eric Stahl still pretty good. You know that that's that was you know well, thank thanks a lot. Koibu's um, still there. Still there. For, for the record, I still don't blame Eric Stahl for that. It was the usage I blame for third, that third line debacle. center. Yeah, no, yeah, I, right. yeah. I think they if, if Eric Stahl actually played where he was supposed to, then they wouldn't have gotten different. beaten in five that round. But yeah. anyways, uh, yeah, Eric Stahl's done pretty well. Uh, I they they just I don't know. I don't think they have enough firepower for Vancouver. I think just Elias Patterson and Brock Besser could just take care of it and Bo Horvat absolutely adding to it so yeah Vancouver in four probably and our final series of the first round in the qualifying round is the Calgary Flames and the Winnipeg Jets this one Calgary just never really seems to live up to that <laughs> expectation they never every catch single a break season they play the the Jets. Right there, they're ne- they always they're supposed to have this amazing defense core, amazing forward core, but it never really seems to all come together. Combined with the Jets team with Shifley, some people say could even be a heart candidate and Connor Hellebuck with how good he played this season. Patrick Lyonet, Nikolai Ehlers, and Blake Wheeler. I gotta give this one to the Winnipeg Jets. I think it's gonna be a little tougher than the Jets think, and I think it's gonna go to four or five, but I think the Winnipeg Jets are gonna take this one. Um, kind of going the opposite way. I think it is going to be a five-game series. I think it's just going to be one of those series. It's just how did the Calgary Flames get through this? <laughs> I think they have that whole. It's like, like Russell said, living up to that whole disappointment over and over again. I think it could go really either way. I just think the Calgary Flames are just going to have, so to speak, a fire under their ass. So, <laughs> thank you, JL. I was waiting for that. Um, I think I think they're just gonna do it. You can't have Sean. You can't have these guys like Sean Monahan and Johnny Gaudreau not live up to their expectations. I I don't know. I think they're just gonna somehow figure it out, kind of put all the pieces together and make it a very good five game series. I just think it's like they drew the short straw playing an actual team that's kind of on par with their abilities. Um. Yeah. No. I'm I'm going with uh, Winnipeg, even without even without Dustin Bufflin. That team is still just a powerhouse offensively, and you know Calgary. Just I, I, I don't know, man. Just something about them. Just I just can't see them getting over the hump again. You know they build and construct these teams every season, and in some parts of the regular season, they're like winning seven in a row, eight in a row, and Johnny Hockey's lighting it up on fire. And then when it comes time for them to actually perform, you don't see Goudreau perform, and then it's all up to like. You know Sean Monahan, who you can double, you know, double team, you know, defensively, and they just kind of shut down. So, I mean, things might be different now with new leadership. You know, I think Jeff Ward, I think, is the coach, if I'm correct. Um, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Whoever's listening, but once they got rid of Bill Peters, I think the culture probably changed. But I just don't think the team currently assembled as is will do anything 
against the tougher offensively staunch whatever word you use for that sound, sound yes thank you my brain's not working and today. our old friend neil yeah. peonk yes oh, yeah unbelievable yeah. neil peonk oh. playing like one of the best hockey players ever hey look, on look the defense. i'll say this man this is what happens when players are put in roles they're supposed to be in and we've all and given know, neil peonk flack i've given him a lot of i've given him a lot of you know probably not the nicest comments but Props to Neil Pionk for turning it around and having a really solid season up there in Winnipeg. Just for Good the record, on him. I was part of the Neil Pionk fan club when he was a Ranger. Well, so. I, I loved it. <laughs> I don't. I didn't get where the hate was from. I didn't get it either. I really didn't. You just like I understood uh. why. It's like you know I really do, but you know there's some might be some coaches that might have to be to blame. Maybe, but, maybe a you know, I'm not going to say any names. <laughs> maybe you. you know. I think we. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Does it rhyme with Windy Bluff? Oh. I think it rhymes with Schmindy Schmuff. Oh, okay. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think I know what you're getting He's at. bald. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all for joining us this week. Uh, lottery, play-in, playoffs. Hockey's coming back, baby. We're gonna ha- we're definitely going to have more to talk about. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Including who we think are going to win the end-of-season awards coming up next time. But uh, thank you for listening in. Thank you for joining us. In just, it seems, a few short weeks, players will be returning to the ice. And New York Rangers playoff hockey is back, baby. Shout out to AJ Castiglia for the awesome hype video before. If you haven't seen it, watch that. Oh, it's so good. Oh, my god, So good. You've been listening to 4B Radio, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. Let's go, Raider Nation. It's me, Evan Grote, host of Just Pod Baby. Join me as I bring you the latest news on your Las Vegas Raiders. On Just Pod Baby, I will give you my thoughts on all things silver and black. And of course, you can expect to receive the best information from top-notch guests. Be sure to listen to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Silver and Black Today Media Group. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us. 
Business with personality. That's the idea that launched London's business newspaper, City AM, 15 years ago. And it's the same idea that inspired our new daily podcast, The City View, where you'll find me, City AM editor Christian May, interviewing the most well-known, influential and colourful figures from business, politics and finance. The City View from City AM, with a new episode every morning. It's the perfect start to your working day.